What's business development? Unlike being an accountant or a lawyer, working in business development means you often get asked, what exactly do you do? Business development can mean something completely different in every industry and at every company. And because many times we're the only ones of our kind at a company, we can struggle with the ambiguity of our own jobs. By exploring the careers of some of the brightest members of the Fernio business development community, we'll learn what this job is all about and how to do it well. And perhaps, once and for all, we can answer the age-old question, what exactly is business development? After the episode, if you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join a community of peers who are all pursuing a similar career journey, join us at Fernio.com. On this episode, Melissa Jeng shares how she grew to better appreciate the business development elements of her role by drawing parallels with her side hustle as a yoga instructor. Take a listen. So, okay. Melissa, please introduce yourself for the viewers. Sure. Thanks so much, Jillian. My name is Melissa Jang. Uh, I'm a manager at EY, specializing in complex programs and technical implementations. So not quite BD, but there are a lot of BD aspects to what I do for a career. Um, but I'm also a yoga and mindfulness teacher as well. So for, by all accounts, I've really had a very linear life, moving from point A to point B to point C. So nothing too exciting. Uh, my parents both have advanced degrees in engineering. And the expectation was that I'd do well in high school, go to a good college, get a stable job, get married, have kids, and so on and so forth. And for the most part, I've stuck to that plan. I did well in school, uh, joined a few clubs, got into good college. Um, and no, it wasn't all my parents who, who created these expectations around me. I was really raised to be curious and cautious. Um, but that curiosity led to this interest in sciences and the social sciences. So I did very well in those classes in high school. Um, however, those beliefs that I was good at these top, those, these subjects really carried over in college and, and beyond. So in college, I ended up becoming an economics major and really focused on those classes. But the limiting part of that was that because I thought I was good at these classes, I felt like I could only be good at that. So I took that into my career, taking on very analytical, organized roles. Um, and, you know, I stayed for my first company for six years. So it was a large consulting company. Um, and staying at a company for six years, especially when you're in your early 20s, is a very long time. Most of my, my peers had already moved on to their third or fourth jobs at that time. But it really never crossed my mind to change companies, let alone careers. It was this like stable job that I had always been working towards. Um, and just like that, I had gone from point A to say point D without noticing that I'd done this. Um, and so it was very much along this path, these, this limited path that I had set my, for myself. Um, but along that path, I discovered yoga. I had taken a class at a gym. Um, ironically, it was not very life-changing. Um, there was no moment of nirvana or a point when all the stars aligned. It just was very um, 
uh, underwhelming, to be honest. Um, but I thought it was a good enough workout, so I kept going back again. And I went back again and again. And then I started taking classes regularly at a local studio. Uh, to be honest, it still wasn't anything that I spent more than a few times a week doing. But I think most importantly, it was something that I did for myself. So it was this thing that it wasn't on this path of mine. It wasn't in this career plan that I had laid out for myself. Um, but it was something that I was truly enjoying just for the sake of it. Uh, it was, you know, nothing that was helping me, or at least I didn't think at the time, professionally or personally for self-improvement. I just practiced without a plan. And um, I just did it because I wanted to do it. So after practicing on and off for a few years and finally making the move to New York, I found myself opening an email from a, a yoga studio that I'd been to once or twice and they were advertising their 200-hour yoga teacher training program. And I'd opened up dozens of emails like this before, but for some reason this time just felt different. It was really nagging at me even after I closed the email and I, and I didn't know why I couldn't stop thinking about it because I really had no intentions of becoming a yoga teacher. The program itself would have been over five hours of class time on the weekends um, with homework and taking yoga classes during the week on top of my already busy full-time career. And so remember, I was still a consultant at this time um, and I really had no purpose. There was no reason for me to take this training. I already had a job, stable job, um, and this would have just been some fluff for a few months and then I'd probably move on from it. Um, but it was really those limiting beliefs that I was telling myself, those limiting beliefs that I could only be good at very analytical roles, that I was only good at science or social sciences, um, that were limiting me from even taking this opportunity to, to learn something new. Um, but I was lucky to have um, a partner at the time that dared me to dream big. And he, he really convinced me that I should take this for myself. And I allowed myself to finally things out, think outside of the bounds of this path that I had laid out for myself. And I followed the signs. So fast forward, after my teacher training, I started subbing at a yoga, local yoga studio. I subbed for a really long time because I really wasn't ready for the commitment of teaching a regular class. Um, but a year and a half later, I finally took up my first weekly class, and then I took up two more classes, and then I started teaching corporate mindfulness for a, another company, and then I met two other students who became private students of mine, and the rest is history. Um, and it was, it was very shocking to me that I ended up in this place. I had no intentions of becoming a yoga teacher, and by somehow believing that I could expand beyond that path that I had set for myself, I let myself deviate just slightly. And so this thing, this hobby that I did just on occasion had somehow infiltrated my life. I had let this very small detour slip into my, onto my map and it kept growing wider and wider as I let it happen on my own time. <clears throat> so while my corporate career is seemingly predictable, I'm still in technology consulting, um, I've also learned that I'm capable of a lot more because of this. I, I realized that, um, that I can 
do more and be more than what I've laid out for myself or the expectations that have been laid out for myself. Um, and for the longest time, it was really hard for me to even call myself a yoga teacher because that was just never a job title that I would ever give myself. But I realized that I, I can be both. I can be a consultant and a yoga teacher. So while I had made that decision to do my teacher training, I had no intentions of becoming a teacher, but it really has changed my life in, in so many different ways. It's really given me meaning and perspective to life and, and allowed me to have an impact on people in ways that I couldn't with my corporate job. Um, and it's really most importantly taught me that my options are varied and if I allow myself to dream it, then I can achieve it. Amazing. I love it. <laughs> I also just feel so calm after hearing you talk. I wonder if it's because of your yoga. My yoga voice. <laughs> yeah, your yoga voice. It's amazing. Um, cool. Well, thank you again for sharing. I definitely want to dive into some of the things that you talked about. Um, so I think one of the the biggest things that came out of that was just the idea that like you were so focused on this career trajectory and like not deviating from the path but then finding yoga and it's showing you that there are endless options out there um how like can you speak a little bit more about how you started to be okay with kind of deviating from that mindset because I think we can be so laser focused and it's hard for us to see the outside world so I'm curious like what did you do and like how did you feel okay I mean there's no right answer for anyone but mm -hmm. I think it's just taking those tiny risks and those yeah. tiny deviations from this path really can take you in a lot of directions that you never thought possible. I'm very much a person who I don't like to plan so far in advance because I don't know what I want to do mm -hmm. five years from now, let alone a week from now. But by taking it one step at a time and then being open to the options mm -hmm. from there, that really brought me down this path that I never expected. And so yeah. I think, you know, my advice for people is really just to let yourself be open to opportunities and take those risks and those uh, those little opportunities as you feel comfortable mm -hmm. with them. There's yeah. no, you know, there there I very easily could have started yoga, immediately started teaching and gotten really overwhelmed by it mm -hmm. because I already had all this other stuff going on in my life, but allowing myself to just take it as I was ready for mm -hmm. it really allowed me to settle into it and make me feel comfortable and be open to the next steps. Yeah. Otherwise, I might have gone to this point, been overwhelmed and said, screw it, like I, I don't want to be a yoga teacher anymore. Yeah, I think open-mindedness is a key point there. And I think it was also you saying yes to an opportunity mm -hmm. that you wouldn't have said yes to otherwise. Yeah. Um, are there other say yes moments that you've had in your life that have helped you get to the point where you're at today? Yeah. It's it's so funny the way that works. Just by attending one event mm -hmm. or meeting one person can really change a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Even, for example, um, Fernio, I, I come to an event 
several months ago with a friend. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it wasn't in a traditional BD role, but I just yeah. come to the event, just learning about more, and then here I am speaking on this podcast. <laughs> um, so things like that, yeah. I, it's really taught me that. Um, to just show up yeah. sometimes, just show up to that event even if you don't feel like going because yeah. you never know what kind of relationships you might make. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've become friends. Exactly. <laughs> we've become friends from yeah. that by just showing up to that yeah. one event and then getting connected with the Ferno yeah. community. But I mean, so many examples in my life of mentors that I've met from mm -hmm. from different events or, yeah. um, you know, meeting people who would become great friends of mine or um, also just great um, network. Yeah. So people that I've maybe have not helped me directly, but I've connected with other people and have just yeah. built this like better network around myself. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that is such a key factor in growing yourself as not just an individual, but someone in business, mm -hmm. especially as a woman too. Yeah. I think what's been great about the Fernio community is this like network of women that's been growing. Like we've done the book club and we've done dinners and it's just, it's so nice to have all of these people around you that can like help, you know, give you insight into the things that you're doing and, and how you're growing and, and all of that. And you spoke about mentorship. I'd love to learn a little bit more about how you've found mentors in your life because I think it's a it's a hard thing to find yeah. and I was talking to Scott about this earlier it's like really hard to cultivate those types of relationships so I'd love to hear how you've been able to do that yeah I, I find mentorship similar to networking in that people think it's very icky and it can be very yeah. icky it can feel very transactional mm -hmm. but what I really realized is that Networking, if you go about networking with the intentions of learning mm -hmm. and being interested in people, it doesn't feel so icky. And I think yeah. in the same way, in a mentorship, um, meeting those mentors doesn't have to feel icky. It doesn't yeah. have to be superficial, um, but just meeting those people because you're interested in what they do mm -hmm. or um, because you want to learn more about um, their path. Mm -hmm. Just being genuinely interested creates this genuine bonding between yeah. people. And <clears throat> one of my great mentors um, again, met at an event and got to be close at that event, and then beyond that, met up for coffee and you know so on and mm -hmm. so forth. And, and now we're very supportive of each other in a lot of different ways, mm -hmm. um, just by simple as sending each other emails or articles of things that we we uh, we think that would be helpful to yeah. the other person. Um, to again. Um, connecting others as well to grow yeah. that network. And so I think that um, going in with that open mind yeah. that you want to learn more about people can really um, build a genuine relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think that open-mindedness, again, it's like what can drive you forward, yeah. which is really awesome. Um, I think like that is really helpful in business. Like I think what you're talking about is is being empathetic too, and like being able to see someone's side and what they need. And I think I know you're not really in a, a traditional BD 
partnership's role, but I think that's a really important factor for anyone in business yeah. to help drive projects forward or programs or, or whatever. So um, I'm curious, what types of other skills have been helpful for you in you know your role um, in yoga or in, in business in general that has helped you be successful? <clears throat> So definitely the things that you just touched on, being yeah. empathetic, um, building those relationships, yeah. even if it's not, um, like I said, even in my role that's not traditionally sales or partnerships, mm -hmm. it's very much building relationships with people mm -hmm. to ultimately bring more business for the company. Yeah. Um, so those are very important traits. Um, I think it's a lot of taking time to um, connect to the bigger picture. Mm. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned as I've grown in my career mm -hmm. is that it's not about just doing the work, but it's about really understanding. And yeah. a lot of times that's just taking the time to think about it. Yeah, We get so caught up in the day-to-day, -day, we get caught up in the nuances of things, but just taking some time to connect back to mm -hmm what the purpose is, what the company's purpose, what their mission, um, and also your personal mission too. Yeah. Um, connecting and understanding if that's aligned with, with your mission yeah. can be very um, illuminating because mm -hmm. it helps you to see what's important, what's important in your job, um, and you know, if. If we were all able to do all of our work at 100% all the time, mm -hmm. you know, we'd probably get bored because yeah. these days I feel like especially in business, it's always about how can you do more and how can you yeah. be more productive. And so building that, um, that foresight almost for prioritization and, mm -hmm. and connecting back to the mission is, is really a key key characteristic to have. Yeah, it probably keeps you super motivated too because if you believe in the mission of the business and you understand everything that's going on, you're obviously gonna be more motivated to help move those goals forward. I think we get stuck in these ruts where we're like, am I doing the right thing? Or um, am I in the right position? Um, and I think, especially in partnerships in BD, we can sometimes feel that way because we don't, know anyone else out there that's doing it we don't have the right resources and um, so I think you know that is a really good piece of advice for for someone who's you know maybe starting out in this function I think going back to yoga because I think what is fun about your story is that it's kind of become this side hustle for you and I'm always curious how I can find my side hustle. But it sounds like you found it in a really organic way. But I'd love to kind of understand if you have any advice for someone who might be trying to find what they're passionate about or um, figuring out what they could do for a side hustle. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that this would be my passion yeah. or my side hustle. Um, so I think it's, again, taking those chances on mm -hmm. things um, things that just might be just slightly interesting to you. Mm -hmm. You really never know where it could take you. Um, you know, even side hustles, I don't think they always start out as 
huge passions, but they're mm. just something that maybe you're familiar with or something that um, someone has introduced to you and mm-hmm. you've just taken a liking to and then, you know, fast forward a few months, few years, things you feel differently about yeah. it. Um, so, you know, it, it really depends on each person, obviously, but I think it's taking time to connect with what you truly love mm-hmm. and not necessarily what someone else truly loves. Yeah. It's kind of like doing things that feel right to you and not doing them because you think they're the right thing yeah. or you think you're supposed to be doing them. Right, exactly. And I and, and I think this day and age it can be, especially in New York, there's just so much so and there's, there's always people that you're new people that you're meeting and they've all got their own things and it just feels like you have to do something that someone else is doing keep up keep up right Mm -hmm. exactly but when you're able to really connect with what's enjoyable for you I think it becomes a lot more authentic because then it's your thing and not someone else's thing yeah and you I think you'll be more successful in doing that when it is your own thing and not just doing something because someone else is doing it or you think you should be doing it. And I do, I think that's hard for people. It's like a comparison game. Like you're always competing. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I mean, I struggle with that too. Yeah, I mean, even in the yoga world, it's not exempt from the competition oh, game yeah. either, you know, and it's, it can be really tough. Yeah. Um, do you see that a lot in oh, the yoga world? Absolutely. How I do you mean, combat that? Um, I think you, you really just, you know, stick to your guns. Like yeah. you just stick with what you know is right for yeah. yourself. There's so many times where I'm like, oh, well, I should be doing this or I should be teaching mm-hmm. here because that's what everyone else is doing or if right. I want to you know, really grow a following, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. But I think you then lose the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. You then lose why you came to it. Um, yeah. And I certainly come at it from a very privileged perspective that I, I, I can um, do something that I love um, and I and I don't have to depend on it for like a, a um, like a salary or anything. Right. So I am very um, privileged in that way. Yeah. But um, I think that comes off more authentic too as a teacher, mm-hmm. any sort of teacher, whether you be a yoga teacher or any sort of like a fitness teacher or just like a school teacher. Yeah. Being authentic, people can read that very easily. Yeah. And, you know, you can get by in some roles without being that authentic. Yeah. But I think in, in VD, especially when you have, it's such a high emphasis on the relationships that yeah. you make, it's really important to be authentic because yeah. people can read right through that. Yeah. And to say what you mean and do do what you say. Exactly. <laughs> we always give false, uh, I don't, but people will give false promises and say, we'll give you the world. And I think it's important to like, obviously cultivate the right relationships and be authentic. I mean, that's a key word in life. Yeah. Absolutely. Not just business. Um, I'm sure like when you first started doing yoga and started training, did you ever have a sense of feeling like an imposter? I'm sure in business too, because we all feel that as women in the business world, but um, I'm sure 
especially because you're someone who thought I'm going from point A to point B to point C, and now I'm doing this completely new thing that I've never done before. How did that feel? So I, I certainly feel like an imposter in a lot of ways. I think because my my two lives, I feel like I'm living these two parallel lives, they're so different from each mm-hmm. other. It feels like I can't be my full self, like I can't show my yoga self at my corporate job and vice versa, yeah. um, that I have to be a certain person. Um, and so, that has definitely caused me a lot of struggle because I, I feel like I, I, in order to be taken serious in, in either of those worlds, I need mm-hmm. to be a certain person. And so um, it feels like I'm faking it or I'm kind of hiding a part of myself mm-hmm. um, in, in either of those roles. But what I've been working on mm-hmm. and, and been much better about is really integrating those. and. Yeah. and and allowing myself to be more authentic and realizing that it's okay to be a little yoga at work mm-hmm. um, or vice versa to, yeah. to relate a little bit more to the corporate side in my yoga classes. Um, it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the way I've really learned to do it is just reminding myself to do it reminding myself that it's okay to be really myself and I can have these two sides of myself and that is still my authentic self to be both of these people right and I don't have to put on one face to be in in a certain role yeah I'm sure it's really helpful for the people around you to see those two sides though like Mm -hmm. to see your authentic corporate side and your yogi side. Yeah, absolutely. And I I get that a lot. I get lots of compliments. I'm like, sure. Oh, you, oh, you're so, um, like at work, I might get a compliment, like you're, you're so calm in this yeah. meeting, <laughs> or I love your pace of voice, and all these things that when I allow that, that yoga voice of mine c- yeah. to come out, it it is very beneficial. Yeah. And, and realizing that, I'm starting to realize that more, it's made me feel a lot more comfortable about um, showing that. That's great. That's awesome. I'm sure having this yoga background too helps you in your career. Like I know that you're always traveling. I know that your career is pretty high intensity. So I'm sure having this yoga background kind of helps balance that that load for you. Absolutely. I. I don't think I would be where I am today mm-hmm. without my yoga practice. Yeah. I think I would have burnt out a long time ago. <laughs> um, not, you know, from from traveling, mm-hmm. from working with people, deadlines. You know, there's just so many stressors that can come with a corporate job. Um, not saying that mine is extremely unique from others, but certainly mine feels very intense in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. and. I do feel that my mindfulness and yoga journey has helped me with that yeah. in a lot of ways, just to um, help ground me, yeah. help me realize all these things that I'm telling you even today, yeah. I don't know that I would have realized without having yoga in my life. Yeah, um, it's, it's helped me to become much more empathetic, 
to not allow the stressors to mm -hmm. take over too much. Yeah. Um, and to really be rooted in what I'm passionate about. Yeah. That has helped um, bring that to light for sure. Definitely. Um, you talked a little bit about like the BD aspect of your role and I'd love to hear more about your role and I know this is a little bit backwards but just kind of what it is that you you do outside of yoga your your main your main <laughs> job, job. <laughs> your main hustle <laughs> um, yes yeah, so I am a um, a program management consultant mm -hmm. so I help my clients um, by leading their large transformation projects okay. or um, it might be a large IT implementation um, and so and it's a consulting role so so I'm working with clients uh -huh. primarily all the time um, so with my clients I help them to um, set up these transformations mm -hmm. um, with the hopes that they can move on without me mm -hmm. um, so that requires a lot of travel just to see my clients um, the, the BD aspect of it is that uh, while I'm delivering a service that um, has already been sold, per mm -hmm. se, I am really the face to the client yeah. that might um, introduce them to more services or more products. Yeah. And so from there, um, th there's very much a BD component of that yeah. to um, help develop those relationships mm -hmm. between my client and my company um, and to help develop that for further business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So certainly a big BD portion of it. Yeah. Well, that's not my day-to-day. -day, it's a big yeah. portion of it to build those relationships, do a good job in, in what I'm doing so that they will want to work with us further. Yeah, there's like a lot of skills within that and like almost like being a, a jack-of-all-trades kind of thing. So I'm a big proponent of women in business. I'm actually starting a group here at Greenhouse. I've also been doing a lot of work for the Fernio community around women in business. I'd love to hear more about what your take is on women in business and how, especially in the technology world, you work yeah. in tech and that is definitely still a male-dominated industry. Um, do you have any like insights or feelings around being a woman in business? Yeah, it's even um, in my career, I've seen improvements, mm -hmm. but it's still not great. It's still yeah. very male dominated. Um, there's still a lot of um, the old boys club mm -hmm. kind of cultures in a lot of companies. Um, and for me, um, you know, all comes back to being really authentic and yeah. and unashamed of yeah. being authentic. Yeah. Because I I think that we're coming to a point in business where people understand that it's better to have gender diversity in the workplace. Yeah. <clears throat> but maybe they don't really know what that looks like. Mm. And if as a woman, if you continue to hide that or try to be more manly, male, masculine, mm -hmm. it 
takes away from that. It doesn't allow people to really reap those benefits mm -hmm. if you are downplaying your, your more feminine, feminine side. Um, and, and for me, kind of along the lines of, of showing my yoga side more, mm -hmm. I have been much more conscious of being okay with, you know, being unabashedly yeah. female. <laughs> and um, if I don't want to go out for, for drinks with the boys, then I won't. You know, I'm not going to play the game mm -hmm. if, um, if I don't feel like, if it doesn't feel like something that I want to do. Yeah. Uh, I will always make the excuse, I have to be up to go to a yoga class tomorrow Love morning. Um, and so just being okay with saying that mm -hmm. starts to pave the path for other women as yeah. well. And the more that you can be yourself, the more it allows other women to do the same. Yeah. And I think that's the only way to, to make real real change, you yeah. know, for people to, for, for women to feel comfortable being themselves. And, yeah. and ultimately that's the best way for them to be successful, for them mm -hmm. to be themselves and to um, uh, do well in their, their jobs and move up in, in their companies and, mm -hmm. and be successful. And yeah. I think that's, that's a, one thing that we underestimate a lot of times, we feel like it has to be this huge change, but yeah. just letting women be themselves can be a huge change in itself. Yeah, especially like from an org perspective, like top down, letting women have the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Do you have any sort of resources at work or any sort of programs in place that help you know drive networking for, for women or career development? In your within your organization, yeah, we do. We have um, we have women's groups in, in almost like all the different organizations within the group mm -hmm. within the organization. Um, so that's really helpful because yeah. then it feels like you're not only networking with women in your particular group, but across groups or across offices and etc. Mm -hmm. So um, plenty of opportunities to meet with women. Um, I, I'm very involved with the, the women's group, so I love putting on events and yeah. um, uh, hosting different things at the office just to get people together. I'm such a big event planner that I love to do that kind yeah. of stuff. And that's helped me to grow my own network by yeah. being able to work with other women who are interested in the same type of activities. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been very rewarding for me. Yeah. So what types of events have you planned? I'm so curious. Um, so not this company that I'm working for right now, mm -hmm. but my previous company, I... Um, I, I, I launched this initiative to build the, the female relationships with our clients. Mm -hmm. So this initiative helped to, um, to kind of take our women's ERG and place mm -hmm. it at each of the big client sites. Okay. And so there were events at the different client sites. So one of the big ones that we did actually related to our book club book oh. um, is we held this virtual workshop is three parts to the workshop mm -hmm. for the book the confidence code yeah. um, where we would would um, teach some of the topics from the book to 
women, not only from my company, but also the client. So that was yeah. a great way for us to network there. Um, and then and we had broken up into three parts to really let it sink in for yeah. people. I mean, that was such a good book. And that's amazing that you took the book and created trainings around it. Yeah. What did those trainings look like? Because the Confidence Code was actually a life-changing book, and I love that we did a book club around it because I think it's such an important topic. Um, And I think it'd probably be helpful to hear what kinds of trainings you did to to help women. Yeah, so the first session, um, like I said, three-part virtual series, the first session was a one-hour just to teach the topic. Mm -hmm. it was a, a presentation deck. We taught some of the topics from the book. The second session was more of a breakout mm-hmm. uh, workshop format. So that was a little bit longer. It was, it was I think, uh, two hours. Mm-hmm. And so we allowed women to kind of break out and have, um, have sessions together to talk about different, um, you know, different obstacles that they have in, in their job. Uh, we talked about anti-ants, so that's a topic in the book as well. So ident- how do you identify those automatic negative thoughts that yes. you have? Um, and, and then uh, people would share, and then we would talk about ways to combat that. Um, so that second part was much more interactive. Yeah. And you got to really talk with smaller groups. Mm-hmm. And then the last session was a uh, kind of like a debrief. So... At this point, uh, I think a month and a half had passed mm-hmm. after the very, from the first session. So that last session was, so how did you implement some of these things that we've talked about? What have you noticed? How has this really changed the way that you view your your role? Yeah. Um, and so that was really cool to just see yeah. how women, how it's really changed a lot of yeah. women's lives. How it impacted them. That's mm-hmm. really cool. I yeah, I loved it. It was great. Well, Melissa, I want to wrap up um, with this idea that you ended your story with about the opportunities being endless for you and that there's still more for you to do. So I'm really curious to hear what's next for you. Yeah, so um, for me, I think the next steps are really to take everything that I've learned in all of my career, Mm -hmm. so the corporate side and the yoga side, and really start to do a re- more around that corporate wellness space. Yeah. Um, it's very much a hot topic these days, um, but for me, I, I, I think that I bring a very unique perspective in such different, uh, the such different polarities that I have mm-hmm. in, in my job, uh, my jobs, and, um, and show and being able to show people how they can really use both yeah. to help that. Um, I think that I'm uniquely positioned to to speak on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, next steps, I think, for me are just to keep growing yeah. kind of in this middle space and letting my yoga and my corporate worlds start to collide yeah. and um, seeing where I go from there. Yeah. Well, you don't know what's what's around the corner for exactly. you. Exactly. Just keeping my eyes open yeah. uh, and taking every opportunity I can. Great. Well, thank you for joining us today. It was great to hear your story, and I love the discussion. Thanks, Jillian. Yeah.